Hello, my name is Christina Dmitrishin, and you're listening to a Tasting Eastern Europe podcast. This podcast is produced by the Andeka.net destination management company operating on Central and Eastern Europe, Caucasus, Balkans, and the Baltic states. The COVID-19 pandemic has changed the travel market beyond recognition. But don't be scared. It did not vanish. The travel market continues to develop. In the podcast, we will taste Eastern Europe talking to local entrepreneurs, officials, and other experts about how the region's tourism adapts to the demands of time and what it has to offer travel seekers. So, waiter, what do we have on the menu today? Tourism in Belgrade is on our menu today. Thanks, the topic sounds very tasty. So today, we will talk about Belgrade, the city that is crystallizing with beauty through the centuries. Miodrag Popovic, director of the tourism organization of Belgrade, is our guest today. Dobardan. Yeah. Let's start by talking a bit about you. So, please tell us some information about yourself and your experience at the Tourism Organization of Belgrade. Well, actually, as you already know, my name is Mildred Popovic and I'm the CEO of Tourist Board of Belgrade. Tourist Board of Belgrade is established by the Belgrade Municipality. So I'm the part of the what you may call Belgrade government, and we are in charge of promoting and uh, making tourist infrastructure better in Belgrade. But with the accent of promoting Belgrade worldwide and its hospitality and tourist offer. That's our goal, our aim. As I told you, we are the part of the Belgrade municipal government. Getting back to me and myself. So basically, I was not just a newcomer in, in, in this trade. Uh, between 2005 and 2007, I was head of the Tourist Board of Serbia. Uh, then I took the position of CEO of Tourist Board of Belgrade in 2000, late 2013. And I was lucky because Belgrade from 2014 up to date uh, proved to be very successful in tourist trade. And we uh, not just doubled or tripled uh, not just the number of guests in Belgrade, but also overnight, which is more important because we are now earning serious money for the city uh, as a whole. Before the COVID period, uh, we had more than 3 million overnights in Belgrade, which is a huge number of uh, guests and also overnights uh, compared to what we had before. And from 2014, when we had 67 three and four star hotels in Belgrade, before the COVID, we had 121, and at the moment, we have 116. Keeping in mind that we had a COVID period of two years, I think that's also a success. Last year was very successful, and we ended up, ended it up almost with the same results as 2019. We are hoping to expand more this year. Speaking of myself, I actually, my professional career was not in this trade. I started uh, first as a public servant in international relations back in 1986. Uh, then I was first a reporter, then an anchor, and the editor-in-chief of the national broadcaster RTS. After that, I was briefly in commercial television, working for the biggest Balkan commercial television station. Prior to getting back to tourism, I was... Uh, Chief of Staff and Foreign Affairs uh, Consultant to the Speaker of Serbian Parliament. Your experience is very rich and interesting. Why did you decide to connect your life with tourism? 
In 2004, my, my friend and colleague, who was back then the Minister of Tourism Trade, Mr. Dimitrievich, asked me to help him with the media as a consultant, him being a minister. So I helped him, and that was uh, that lasted for a year and a half. And all of a sudden, he was left without the CEO of Tourist Board of Serbia, and he persuaded me to take the job. I was a newcomer back then in tourism, but I liked it because as part of my life, I was traveling abroad, and from and I've experienced tourism from the other end as a visitor, as a guy who's traveling. So it was not that new, but the other part was new to promote Serbia and Serbian tourism, and I think that we had some success, although limited success, but we had some success. Then I was back. Into my original trade, I was back in the, as I told you, the biggest commercial television Balkans. And from 2012, I ended up being in national parliament. But after two years again, I decided that I will, uh, for the rest of my career, hopefully, I would go and be there. Uh, I will work at the place I like the most during my uh, career, and that is tourism. And I, I thought that Belgrade is a good starting point, uh, not just for me, for Belgrade being experienced in, 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 in promotion and marketing. And I think uh, I do pride myself that we did some good. The part I love the most, uh, tourism is not just a trade, it's a way of life. And being a way of life, it includes just about everything. Uh, throughout my not just professional career, uh, things I love the most is in culture or in sports or in some other fields. Uh, when you put it all together, that's tourism. Uh, tourism is life itself and promoting it it's the best part because I'm born in this city uh, best part of my life I've lived in this city except some three or four years I love it I'm a great Belgrade patriot so uh, when you promote something that you love the most then your job is is what you love that's the best part of the my current position thank you very much for your answer in short How can you describe tourism in Belgrade during the time of the pandemic? What were the main challenges and how did you manage to overcome them? Basically, COVID started in March 2020 here in Belgrade and in Serbia, because prior to that we had very few cases of that disease. But nevertheless, it started suddenly. In January and February 2020, we had excellent results in incoming but it all stopped in second week of March. So we were more or less closed for the half of the year, but actually our government reacted as supporting all the people that were in the trade. Restaurateurs, hotels, people working not just in, in tourism, but also in services. Somehow we lived through the whole thing. Uh, and in 2021, we have those green periods when the COVID pandemic wasn't that high, the numbers were that were not that high. We were living almost normally. Uh, the thing is that we were even successful in, in COVID was that we were ready to adjust to the current situation which was, which was changing uh, weekly, if not daily. So every window of opportunity you had, you had to do it. You had to uh, work or you had to adjust to circumstances at the moment. The main thing that I've heard from the people from abroad that were coming uh, to Belgrade during the period of COVID pandemic was that, yes, actually we have more or less the same measures 
that you have here in Serbia, but somehow you managed to live during the COVID. And potentially uh, that was good for us because even when we were closing down, people were living. We were very strict with the rules, but we didn't ban uh, the whole life. I mean, there were things you could do and we were doing it with uh, no consequences, uh, with the raise of number of infected people in this country. So we learned to live with it. We learned to work with it. We learned to take every opportunity we had to act normally and to live normally under the circumstances, of course. Also, we have a very strong system of vaccination. We had more than enough, not just for Belgium and Serbia. So we, we were inviting the people from the region to come to Serbia and to get vaccinated. We also gave a huge number of, of those uh, to neighboring countries. Why? Because you won't solve the pandemic if you are uh, have the means to, to fight with it. But you know, you, you do need the whole region because you have to work with these people. You're living, you are living close or neighboring those people. So if they are protected and you are protected, uh, we can lead some kind of a normal life. And that's what kept us going. And that's why I think we succeeded to come out of it, if we are coming out of it. What can Belgrade's tourism offer tourists in 2022? Have the pandemic restrictions limited the tourist possibilities for city visitors? Well, actually, we do have some restrictions, but the number are very, very small now at the moment, not just at the moment, but for the last six weeks, maybe, because the best part of our population has been vaccinated. And also the measures we were undertaking were such that we don't have many well, actually critical patients at the moment. And the death toll is not high. It's, it's very small. It's now like any seasonal virus epidemic we experienced in, in, in past, I don't know, 100 years, maybe even more. But nevertheless, during the COVID years, two years, we turned to maybe what you, maybe you can say that that's the other face of Belgrade. Uh, even Belgradians didn't consider Belgrade as a beautiful place for one or two day visits in surrounding municipalities. That are, that are on the outskirts of Belgrade. We used to do that in the 60s and 70s. Most of my generation remember that. So we were insisting on, on uh, helping outskirts and municipalities of Belgrade to not just to promote, but also to work on infrastructure for the places that belong to the nature. We have two beautiful rivers surrounding Belgrade, one of the biggest European river being Danube, and the other is a regional one, Sava. And we had some beautiful places that we also, people who are best part of their lives in Belgrade, discovered again after the period of maybe 40 or 50 years. Now we do remember where people where people used to go in like 50 years ago. Uh, so we established those places and those are our old and new attractions. They all belong to the part you can call uh, the nature. Those are the woods, those are the uh, rivers of our co uh, coasts of our rivers. And we learn to, again, to take the walk, walk in the forest, to take walk alongside the river or to spend the day outside. In our language, to spend the day outside, meaning that you are spending the day in nature. And it's not that far. It's like some of those are maybe five, six or seven miles away from the downtown of Belgrade. Uh, especially from April to October, Belgrade is green. Uh, we have many parks. We have many places that we now cherish uh, due to the COVID pandemic. We learned that they are very important. And those places are now... We are now offering them because we worked on their infrastructure, also been working on their promotion for the past two years, and now they're open for the public, not just the 
people from Belgrade or from Serbia, but also for the foreign guests. The other thing is that we took those two years to rethink about the past and history of, of our city. Now, again, working on those, not just the monuments or the architecture that belonged to some previous era, but also uh, we did some, I think, good things, remembering important people and important events in our past. So we came up with, for instance, we have the huge monument of uh, Stefan Emanja, uh, who was the founder, founder of Serbian state. And we erected a huge monument in downtown area near the convergence of Sava Magic River in the old part of town, in the oldest part of town of Belgrade. And it became a huge attraction because the monument itself is not in glory of the founder of Serbian state, but it also shows the best part of our medieval history, which is very interesting right, to get to know how Serbian or Belgian history went in, in those past times. To, to round it up in one sentence, yes, we did some things on infrastructure. We also managed to come up with some new attractions and new destinations regarding Belgrade. And that's what we think will attract, especially foreign guests in our city. That is great. Now let's move to the topic everyone likes to discover. Mobility, tourism, infrastructure, sustainability, green tourism. How does tourism in Belgrade change in these areas? What is your vision for further development in these directions? Well, actually, as I told you, Belgrade is green, especially from April to, to October, because it's a part of our culture also. Uh, the other thing is that we, fortunately, maybe unfortunately, don't have, have a huge number of foreign guests to, to think about where is the line or the limit for the number of people coming to Belgrade will get us in situation that we have to think what's sustainable tourism, like Barcelona or some other cities in Europe. They already have that problem for Amsterdam. Uh, they also have this problem. So far, we don't have it. But learning from their experience, we are now making facilities to adapt to hopefully situation when we won't have 3 million overnights throughout the year, but 10 or 15 or 20. If uh, this pandemic totally subsides, if the other problems we are now experiencing at the moment regarding Eastern Europe uh, and and those uh, events that are happening, if things, as I told you, are getting back to normal from the popularity of Belgrade at the moment, we we could easily expect in the near future to double or triple again the number of overnights in Belgrade. And then maybe we would, if we don't do anything, we will have a problem which is the sustainability of tourism in our city. But in the meantime, we are trying to expand not just the attractions, but to expand the facilities in order not to ruin the balance between what's good for the city and what won't be good for the city by the sheer number of the people coming. And we are planning strongly on, on, on that field. Also, it's very important for the people living in Belgrade or to lead the healthier lives in the town. So we, for instance, only last week we bought 100 buses that run solely on electricity. Uh, we are going to ban traffic in downtown area, making it accessible in other ways that won't pollute the city. So we are working along the way to try to make it greener even in that respect. We will uh, follow the lead because we, we are very popular now, at least regionally or even in, in a wider sense for our events, especially during that period from April to October. 
In 2021, we had over 300 events on open air because you couldn't get any events in, 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 in theaters or in arenas due to COVID. Uh, this year, I think, is going to be even more. And that's what we are famous for. We are famous for atmosphere, for, if I may say, good vibe. And a uh, large number of those events is what's bringing people to our city, among other things. So our plans for this year is to get outdoors and to enjoy the nature, to enjoy those events, to enjoy concerts and all sorts of happening that we are planning for. This year. The COVID pandemic has a bit declined now, but if there are any new waves, will there be a place for tourism in the pandemic world? Well, actually, I think pandemic is uh, is still here, but uh, the extent of the pandemic and the defense we've been building, not just we in, in Belgium and Serbia, but the whole world, uh, is going to make the whole pandemic subside and, and maybe even die down. Now we have the vaccine, and now we, we learn a lot about COVID-19. We know more how to prevent the spread of it. And that's, that's very important for the future, because in any given chance, maybe we will have another virus that will circle around the planet. But we learned our lesson and we know more how to prevent it. That's one thing. The other thing is that we learned even more in, in my country because uh, we were working heavily on infrastructure. We, we built, I don't know, half a dozen, maybe even more hospitals. Some of them specialized in epidemic and pandem pandemic diseases. We also established uh, laboratories that were here in this country, which was called Yugoslavia back in the 60s and 70s. And then in the meantime, they were closed closed and run down. But now we, again, re-established the science, if I may say so, in this country. We re-established uh, the things we uh, did pride ourselves that we are good in back in 70s or maybe even 60s and 70s in the last century. So now we have laboratories, now we have uh, means, now we have everything that would support us and help us to get through. And we are not the only country. All the countries did that. So I strongly believe that in any future potential danger of, of this virus or any other, we will choose wisely our steps. It's not going to do the harm and damage that, that COVID-19 did. Serbia is known for many different festivals, where everyone can feel the culture of this country. Speaking of Belgrade, what festivals can you advise our listeners to visit here during spring or summer? What other features? Well, actually, uh, it's a part of the tradition especially in the, this time of year that I, that I mentioned for you from middle ages on, we have special festivals that were going on from the dawn of time. As you may or may not know, we do have some, in our religion, majority of people in this country are, are, are Christian Orthodox. And we do have the custom of Slava. That's the patron saint of the family, but also of the village and of the town. So the festivals were born in those festivities when the people from certain village or city were celebrating their patron saint. And that's how it started. We even have it today. So, for instance, when you come to Serbia in, in, in summer or late spring in the summer, every week you have a festival somewhere celebrating the patron saint, but also that's a great opportunity for the people to meet, to have music, dance, and, and, and to enjoy food, to enjoy everything that Serbia about. And they say that we have the best, by far the best atmosphere, especially during those months. Again, in the winter, we have some very important patron saints that uh, half of Serbia, maybe three quarters of Serbia is celebrating. And again, that's 
cause for, for festivities. So when we when we talk about events, those yes, we do have events like beer fest or like music week. Uh, uh, we have a film festival in February, the school fest. We have Pita, which is by far the famous festival of uh, modern fantasies in theater. Yeah, we do have a national museum, which is very interesting and, and very distinct uh, when we talk about the art and the history of this part of the world. We have the Museum of Modern Art. I'm not saying that, but the other people are saying, or the people that are professionals in, in arts, let's say that's, that's uh, one of the uh, most interesting European museums of, of modern art. There are, of course, many places to visit, not just in Belgrade, but throughout Serbia, because uh, people were living in, in, in what's late Serbia and Belgrade from the dawn of the time. On the other hand, yes, uh, festivals and events are quite popular. And for instance, I mean, even from April, now you can come to Belgrade and you can pick and choose every day from at least 10 events that are happening in the same town in the city. From those small ones to the huge ones, as I told you, as this beer fest, which during the seven days gets half a million people listening to the music and enjoying the concerts and, and everything that's going around those concerts in Belgrade. Belgrade is one of the most prominent tourist cities in Serbia. Especially remarkable are the various cathedrals and churches, and their architecture is simply fascinating. Could you please tell our listeners about some locations where everyone can feel the true spiritual unity of the people of your city? And what do you think shaped the hospitality and mentality of Serbia? Well, let's start, let's start with hospitality. They say by far that we are the most hospitable people, not just in the region, but in the Europe. And that's true because that's a part of our tradition. It's rude not to be hospitable to guests. Uh, you will see even today in Belgrade that foreigner is asking for a certain place where to go and the people that are taking him by the hand, although they, are, uh, they were trying to get somewhere in another direction than our guest to Belgrade, but they are actually taking the guest by foot to the place he wanted to be. That's that's what you can see that's, that's natural in Belgrade. And also, we've been told that uh, when somebody comes to your house or to your village or to your town, you have to show your best and to give him the best you have. And, and that's what maybe differs from, from some other towns and cities, especially those uh, well-established and long-established tourist destinations, uh, cities in Europe. I'm sorry to say that when you go to Paris or Barcelona or London, nobody's paying attention to you. And uh, in cities like Barcelona, they are already fed up with tourists and you better don't ask them anything. On the contrary, we are newcomers to this trade and people are very hospitable. Uh, what they think you should, what they think you should see or experience, take you to a drink in a restaurant or in a cafe or kafana. Kafana is again something special we do here in Belgrade, and that's that's a variety or a different sort of a restaurant, very cozy one with the atmosphere, and, and that's what we are best for in, in making an atmosphere uh, that's hospitable to just about anybody. We had a great success, for instance, on Chinese market because Chinese says that we are. China uh, ready, meaning that we are fulfilling their needs or their wishes, but also we are China friendly. When you come to a certain town or country, you should feel at least that people are polite, if not friendly to you. And that's what bringing people to Belgrade, because we are friendly with just about everyone. Uh, we are not a xenophobic town by all means or the country. 
we proved that many times. But to get back to the spiritual part of Belgrade, yeah, Belgrade, let me tell you this, Belgrade in its history that we know was totally run down for 104 times. That means Belgrade vanished and it was reestablished 104 times in its history. So uh, that's the price of, of building a house on the road. But on the other thing, we, we, we kept and cherished, especially the spiritual part of, of our existence, meaning that maybe we don't have, like, I think that the oldest church in, in, in this town is from the late 18th century. But yes, the, the landmark of Belgrade is a temple of St. Sava, among the biggest Orthodox temples or the Christian temples in the world. But also our churches are devoted to a certain event or to a certain cult in Christianity. And I cannot pick and choose one of them because they are all interesting in their own way, in their own rights. They all have a very thick layer of history that comes with them. And that's that's why they are so important. I think that in, in, in that respect, all of our churches are not just the uh, temples for believers, but also are the history books. And each and every one of them has a different story. Uh, yeah, there are quite a few uh, one should visit when uh, coming to Belgrade, especially the Temple of St. Sava, but the Church of St. Marco, which is uh, situated in Tashpaidan Park, but also some monasteries that are even in the city, downtown area in the city, uh, like the monastery in Rakovica. And that's a place of pilgrimage for the Serbian nationals in past period of time. I can only name but a few of those temples that are worth visiting, but if you get into that part of, of the history of Belgrade, then I think there are many more things to see. And finally, to sweeten the conversation, what is your favorite location in Belgrade? My favorite location in Belgrade? Well, as I told you, the best part of my life I was living in the city, so it's not easy, because every part of Belgrade brings a personal history to me. I don't have just one. In, in, in my age, you have a lot of things to remember. So, I don't know. I am into sports. I love Belgrade Red Star Football Stadium. Once Belgrade Red Star was, was the European champion and champion of the world in football, so it brings back memories. Uh, I told you by the temple, uh, I told about the temple of St. Sava. When I was a kid, uh, it was just a rubble in the dirt on the Vracher Hill. And I saw it growing in past 30 or 40 years. Now it's finally finished. Maybe that's another place that I love the most. But I love the most the two parts of Belgrade that don't have huge historical or cultural values, one of them being Pashino or, or Lekino Bordo, Pasha's or Lekas Hill. That's the place I was growing up. And of course, it's very special to me. The other thing is, is the other the other part of Belgrade is near Kosciuk, which is a Belgrade forest. It's a kind of Belgrade Central Park. That's another place where I used to live for, for a certain period of time where, where the, all the good things were happening in, in, in my life. That's the place where my children were born we were living there. So it, it's a special place in my heart, but it's, it's a personal history. It doesn't have necessarily to do much with, with any other attraction. But yeah, of course, I'm enjoying my town just as anybody else in the city. I love it all. I love it all. Or Adacigalia, Belgrade Lake, again in the in, in, in midtown, in, in the city center, a huge lake where we used to go swimming, enjoying sports on the water during the summer. We call it Belgrade Sea. During a weekend, we have half a million people on, on Adacigalia, on Belgrade Sea. Uh, that's more people than, than, for instance, Montenegro has a, in whole season. And we have it in three days. Can give you some impression 
but other Tsigan is, is so much important to, to the people living in Belgrade or this part of Serbia. And what is your favorite meal? Well, my favorite meal, I am an amateur cook. So uh, I can now speak volumes about meals in Serbia, some original. Well, actually, if you have the time, I will explain one meal that I love. And that's uh, part of our history. And it has a very funny name even in our language. It's called Papula. Papula is a very interesting meal because it goes way back to the founder of the first uh, Serbian rebellion against the Turks in the eve of the or the Uh, beginning of the 19th century. His name was George Petrovic. He was Vojt Karadžorđe. Karadžorđe is uh, a mix with the Turkish words. It's uh, Black George. And he was leading the first Serbian uprising that led to independence of Serbia in the 19th century from Turks. There are many anecdotes and stories about his life, one of them being a Papua meal. He was visiting with his bodyguard, a tall guy, but very beautiful. Uh, one night uh, somewhere in Serbia, in Western Serbia, the guy that he uh, was home alone because his wife was not there, couldn't give him anything to eat because they were all hungry. And he said, we have beans that, that I was preparing and they're not good because I did it. I don't know how to cook and they're bad. And Karadžorđe, very, very important figure in our history, said, well, if the beans are that bad, beat them. He said, what? You have cooking oil? Yes, I do. You have those bad beans? Yes, I do. You have to something to beat them with? And he said, I do have. Well, put some garlic and some paprika in it and beat the beans because they are bad. So the host was beating the beans and when the beans were beaten, they ate that. And actually, they were all satisfied. The meal was very good. And after that, the tall guy, beautiful tall guy that was accompanying washed Karadžorđe, went out and after a couple of days when when Karadžorđe was on another in another town uh, visiting and uh, the host or the lady of the house asked what would he like to eat and uh, the tall guy said actually he he explained the whole recipe to the lady of the house and she was also preparing that meal for him now but the name of that tall beautiful guy was Papula that was a nickname so the meal was called Papula Well, actually, they say after a few years that it proved to be the popular, beautiful, popular, tall guy was not a guy, but a woman. And she met. And that's the story about that special meal with the beans, garlic, cooking oil and paprika. That's how it got sustained. Now, I have a desire to cook it myself. Mirdrag, thank you very much for the conversation. I enjoyed it a lot and I'm sure that our listeners will do so as well. I wish you the very best, less COVID restrictions, and many, many travelers coming to your city in 2022. Thank you for asking me, and, and I hope to get soon from you again. Waiter, thank you very much for a very tasty topic. You are welcome. We will be waiting for you again. See you later. I am so thankful to those of you who have stayed with us to the end of this episode. I hope that today's topic also seemed delicious to you. If yes, subscribe to this podcast and wait for the next episodes very soon. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and other podcast platforms. Let's taste Eastern Europe together.